Welcome to Matt Talk with Jake and Braden. Five, six, seven, eight. All right, welcome to episode two of Matt Talk podcast with Jake and Braden. I'm Jake, and I am here with Braden, and we got a lot in store for you today. It's going to be a fun day of talking. Uh, hopefully, this this podcast we're going to cover a, a little bit about majors. We're going to go into some cheer technique and skills and just talking generally and then if we have some time at the end we're gonna touch on some uh some covid talk about that that's a big thing right now and i feel like that's something that that needs to be addressed and so if we have some time we're, we're going to yeah definitely um so yeah brayden how much of the majors did you watch the other night i watched a few teams uh i w- didn't watch as much as i wanted to but i mean i got i got the general gist um there was a lot a lot of teams it's weird seeing people competing from like their gyms, like people competing, live streaming in and having that one chance still from their gyms, especially seeing, I mean, Woodlands Elite competed from their gym and the setup that you had the people running across all the teams watching and it still gives like a very competition like feel, which is really cool. Um, same thing yeah. at CA. I know some other, some other gyms have been doing it differently, but it was really interesting seeing how everyone was doing it. No, that was, that was super interesting to me, um, especially as a cheer community and cheer industry. So we move forward this year through, COVID, you know, that was the first competition I've seen that really made that an option and made it an option on a bigger scale. Like, you know, we talked about NCA and Worlds and all those really big competitions. I think majors is right there um, with it. And so for that to take place virtually like that, I, I really thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I'm excited to see, how, like you were saying, where it goes because we still, I mean, we have plans for NCA, we have plans for Worlds and all this, but we have no idea like what's actually going to work, what, how it's going to be. And I'm excited because I mean, at this point I feel like we have the technology, we have the ability to make it happen. It's just a fact of what is that happening going to look like? Yeah. I think that was a great precedent for the rest of the season. Cause I know like, uh, K Bailey Hutchison, the Dallas convention center, um, they've like postponed competitions in December and January and like high school nationals for NCA is now in March. So, I, I mean, I think that's a really cool option that they just precedented, presented, and they were like, here, here's how it works. Yeah, a lot of competitions are getting postponed. Uh, UCA College Nationals is now in April. That's weird. That's yeah. super weird. Yeah. It's, so, we're going we're gonna to get UCA and NCA the same month. That's going to be super fun to watch. Um, what do you think it's like as right. an athlete, though? Like, imagine as an athlete, you've done a million full outs in that gym. You've had millions of other, not millions, all the other teams around you just rooting for you as you do your full outs like trying to compete in that exact same environment, would it be different for you? Would like, how, how oh, would you hundred percent would be different because I mean, you got to keep, you got to keep in mind the whole point of going to competitions is being surrounded by people that you may not necessarily root for you. Like going to NCA sitting in the arena, you're sitting there and you have thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people watching. Not everybody there wants you to do well. And so whenever you're sitting in your gym competing with surrounded by teams in your gym and your parents and your team's parents and all that everybody wants you to do well it does build a constructive environment and that's really cool i I like that they got that and at least got a crowd some sort even with the limited number of people and things like that but i mean i mean i think i I like the you know when you're at a competition someone messes up the ooh ah that's part of it you're gonna mess up you're gonna hear it (laughs) no i agree i uh I mean, you go into that show off mentality where everyone there loves you. All you got to go do is put on a show. So it's, it's absolutely, everybody wants you to do well. And I mean, yeah. So who do you like, who do you think did the best? 
Ooh, that's okay. That's difficult. Biased me says cheetahs because yeah, you know, repping well, alumni, <laughs> they were very impressive. Um, yeah. The Panthers were very impressive, but to, to, you know, go out outside of CA, the two teams, I would say that really took my eye and be, both these are co-ed. So fight me about it. Um, Brandon senior black Woodlands yeah. elite black ops Woodlands elite black ops kind of, I think takes it for me though. Like I, I'm have always been a BSB fan because I think their technique has been magnificent throughout the, all the years. They're all, every time I see them, their technique is perfect. It's crazy. They, they're just so sharp. They're, they never move in their stunts. Everything is choreographed. It's great. But that technique Black and that Ops, incredible. Black Ops, they were sickening. Oh my God. Like, wow. It, it was like watching. Well, first of all, Woodlands Elite in tumbling is just like goes hand in hand. It's ridiculous how many skilled tumbling athletes comes out of that gym. It was ridiculous. They had what, like job, 44 bounce backs in that routine. Yeah. Good job, Matt Kelly. You're doing fantastic. <laughs> um, there's, there were so many bounce backs and transitional elements in your tumbling. And I, th- I think their transitions were one of my favorite parts. The same thing with BSB. One of the transitions were my favorite parts. And the thing for me is you have to find in transitions and cheerleading a way to make it interesting but <laughs> you can't make the transitions harder than the skills. <laughs> That's a, True. like, you like, I remember multiple times I've been on the team and I'm like, honestly, getting from my first stunt to my second stunt is harder than my first stunt and second stunt. <laughs> right. So yeah. their seamlessness of going from one stunt to the other with those skills, the bounce backs out of the, out of the running tumbling into the pyramid and all of their other intricate designs. Oh, I loved it. It was just super fun to watch. Super fun to watch. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely agree. I, that was very entertaining for me. Um, I agree with what you said. Another team I have to bring into the mix though is senior elite. Um, I, I was amazed with all the tumbling and the intro, um, in their tumbling section. Like it was nonstop. You normally go like sevens and threes or five and one. And they were, they were going every other count. There was tumbling going everywhere. And for an all girl team, that was, that was very impressive for me. Yeah. They had a lot of good skills. I, I especially like, I remember watching it. And one thing that stood out to me was, I think, I believe it to be the, the girl in the center, her double was like feet together, legs glued. And that drew my, I mean, it, of course it's in the center. So it drew my eyes. I was expecting right. it to be perfect, but it was but for the so. greatest reasons. I was That's really impressed. Why you yeah. Put them there. yeah. And so uh, can we talk about the competition in that, in that division Panthers and senior elite that, that, I mean, they were both like, yeah, I, was, I remember I watched it and I was like, Ooh, this is going to be interesting. It's there. I was surprised great. Panthers didn't win, but I was not surprised senior elite won. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. I kind of tested that. No. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it was, it was anybody's game because I mean, Panthers in general, their, their stunt was more showy to me. It was more um, kind of, I guess, cutting edge. Maybe you would say, it was it was definitely innovative and it really caught my eye their their technique overall was incredible but senior elite's pace i think was what kind of set them apart it looked more difficult because of how fast they were going mm-hmm. speaking of catching your eye um walking right back to Williams elite black ops with the diamadovs into their stunt are you joking that was can't even really ridiculous. say that word but yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> the Starting from the floor, the dip, full twist up to hand in hand, dip, all stunts hit. It was ridiculous. And that's some that's some USA all girl kind of stuff right there. Like that's that's crazy. It was very impressive. Technique training. 
that was days. Yes. So speaking of technique, let's get into our technique portion of our show. Or Braden and I. Absolutely my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> we debate the importance of technique. Which is <laughs> the wish, most important. I wish you could see what he's doing right now. <laughs> it looks like he is uh, an Egyptian. But <laughs> anyways, um, we're getting into technique. Um, this is a very important part of cheerleading. Important part of any sport you play. Um, I mean, Braden and I just watched the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Cleveland Browns. And I even heard the commentators talking about technique during plays for tackles, things like that. Um, so really, I'm just going to open this up with just technique in any sport. Um, I think that one, I, I always say to my athletes, the thing that I love about cheerleading or any sport is that if you do what you're supposed to do, it works. Right. Um, I think of applying it to cheerleading and you you do what you're supposed to do in a stunt, your stunt hits. You do what you're supposed to do in a tumbling pass, your tumbling pass lands. Um, technique is designed to make things work and to make things happen. Um, and when you do what you're supposed to do, it it, it always works out. And I, I love that it has a purpose. I agree. I mean, the, the reason things are taught that way is not just for looks like technique makes everything you do look better. But there's a reason that it's the the staple, the go to, is because that's how it's supposed to be done. That's 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 what it's that's what it is. A, a back handspring. This is one thing. Oh my lord! I could talk about this for the rest of this thirty minutes. You, you, you're listening to this right now. I'm talking to you. Yes, you. If you do back handsprings, and your feet are not together, then get your life together. You can do it. I believe in you. Put the time in. Go to the gym. I don't care if you have a double. I don't care if you have a whip double. Go to the gym and get your feet together because there's nothing easier than taking the time out to be like, I, I am genuinely impressed by back handsprings with their feet together. I don't care what, what team you're on. Women's Elite Black Ops. They got those. Here we go again. Right back to them. They got white uniform pants on the boys. It's very obvious whenever they're apart because of a blue floor, the background, red background. Yep. With your feet pants. together, it's very noticeable. First thing I noticed, standing tumbling, all the guys in the front standing tumbling to the back, feet are together, together the back handsprings. First thing I noticed, if your feet are not together in a back handspring, get them together. It makes it look so much better. So much better. Yes. Okay, so my rebuttal, and I can go two different directions with this. Obviously, Brayden's got a point. He's right. Um, but one of my points that I wanted to make was just, um, does technique go with style? Like I think of um, parkour and different kind of acrobatic sports. Um, in parkour, obviously, if I'm trying to like do a flip across a gap or just something like that, my technique's going to be different. Um, and so I think in general, if we look at the basis of technique, technique is designed for a purpose. Um, and so like competitive cheerleading, obviously, like you just mentioned, feet together looks great. We have our feet together because it looks great, it scores well, but also... What it does, it preserves your momentum. We could get into physics with this, but it preserves your momentum. It makes the next <laughs> skill even easier, and it's how you're supposed to do it to be able to do the skills we've designed um, through cheerleading. But if I was trying to do a back tuck or a backflip across the gap and doing parkour, I'm not going to set up. I'm not going to get anywhere. I to me, so to me, that 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 conversation kind of goes along with like if you're looking at um, hundred meter dash and marathons, they're both running. Yep. They're both running. So 
but the technique is incredibly different. Well, hundred yes, meter like dash, I'm trying to run as fast as I can for a short distance. Well, exactly. Marathon. It's more explosive. It's more explosive. You're you're trying to you're trying to get through. It's more like I I mean I don't know a lot about running, but I believe it to be more yeah, like toe active, and marathon being more heel toe. And like, that's it, very different technique. That's the same thing. You're running regardless, but right. it's different right. technique. And so you're just looking at what technique you're using. Different like, exactly. So if you're running sprints and someone who runs marathons comes in and is like, this is how you need to do it. You are very right to be like, uh, mm, mm, uh I'm just, yeah, no, I'm good. I think you could apply, like we're specifically talking about cheerleading technique. Um, exactly. We're not, we're not branching out. So yes, with what you said, now here's my other argument because I, I said we could go with two directions. Here's my other way: um, long term versus short term. Like a lot of these world's athletes, especially on black ops, and I mean all these teams you see at the majors, they they've been in it for a while. There's no one who just signed up this year, tried to chunk stuff, and is now in the center of a routine on a world's team. Like technique is what sets you up for long term higher skills like you could look at these guys on black ops who are doing these whip fulls whip doubles um th they obviously aren't really thinking about their back handspring but because they've drilled technique it is the way it is and it's great absolutely i 100 agree um so looking at like more of kind of going into technique and how it pushes your skills that long term we were talking earlier, technique makes your skills easier. The more people, so in my in my brain, I have talented. There's people who are talented. There are people level. who are really talented. Mid-level, low-level, really talented, mid-level. <laughs> I'm like average. I, I, I ring around average. But there's talented, there's really talented. And the top tier for me is stupid talented. Like if you're stupid, like two people right off the bat, two people that are stupid talented. It's purely tumbling right now. Grayson Daly, Evan Miller stupid yeah. talented stupid I would agree talented. like one, like I, like they do things and i thought one i was first, and i watched them and was like well time to go yeah you get in the gym you're, practice. you're feeling good you're like you know what I'm, I'm doing good today i'm having a good day you turn around you watch them tumble you're like you know what i'm i'm trash i'm garbage but <laughs> um i remember watching evan miller tumble on wildcats and navarro even on hard floor and watching him do all those skills and literally not have a single, like from a gymnastics perspective, if I was like judging skill by skill, looking for deductions, I would not find one. It was ridiculous. No. I was doing privates and Evan was tumbling just like on the tumble track with my privates. And he would have me record him and have me like give him things. And he was landing every single skill he was doing, but he was tearing himself apart and being so nitpicky on the little things. And he was like, did I set? How was my set? What, what angle? And like technique mattered to him more than what he actually was doing. And that's, I think, 100%. why he is where he is now. Like, that, the important thing took priority. Well, also, whenever you look at a team perspective, it doesn't really, like, yes, you're going to have those one or two people that have that crazy last pass, that crazy tumbling pass whenever all the stunts are going. But what really matters is, can you tumble well in the skills that your whole team is going to tumble on? that squad two to whip double that squad two to double or a lower like, like can, you're standing two on a level two team like that standing two, that toe back handspring can you do that perfectly because if you do that you're an incredible asset to the team and yes there's going to be those people that. who are all 
always. If you can do that with good technique, you're not going to tumble crooked or long and kick your friends in the head. That's not, that's always not fun. Colliding is, nope. is not fun at all. That goes along with like the safety of everything. Like the, the better you're doing safety of for you and others. If you're using technique, you're, you're so much, so much less likely to hurt yourself. The, the first thing that comes to my mind, back handsprings with your hands pointed out. Yes. I get like the kind of like the angle here, but if you're like hands are all the way out and everything that makes me so nervous for your elbows, so nervous, unless you want to do a back handspring and have three elbows on accident, then it's just, <laughs> it's just, you, you just, you want it, you want to do it correctly. It makes it much safer holding your tuck in and not opening up in the middle. Yeah. That you could be like, Oh, that's common sense. You'd be surprised angles and we could get into physics. Like I, that's, I, my thing is tumbling. I know you were an incredible tumbler as well as stunter. So you probably have a little bit of a stunting side than I do. Um, but just, I mean, like you were saying, hands out. Another thing for me in back handsprings, if it's super short, like I have back problems. That that makes my back hurt for you, making your back handspring super undercut and short. Like the importance of just waiting on your arms to stretch into your back handspring. Like technique, it makes it what it is in cheerleading. Like it's, to me, it's kind of like the rules. If I'm going to do a sport and not follow the rules, what's the point? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we were watching that basketball, that football game a second ago. There was all those, all those flags. If you're going to play the, play the game, play it right. Same thing with cheerleading. If you're going to do it do it right. We don't um, have flags. Going but into, we have injuries. Literally. So going, you t- you're talking about how technique goes beyond tumbling into stunning. And I think it goes even into things like jumps, like jumps to me. So jumps, jumps is role in cheerleading. First of all, we're going to, we're going to touch on this jumps is role in cheerleading. 100% could go away. Oh, uh, can you for all of my high school cheerleaders out there, jumps are very important, and we are going to focus on our technique continuing through the end of this year. Don't you worry. So, yes, they're important. And don't get me wrong, I worked on them too. But if we are looking long term, if you looked at me and you're like, one piece of cheerleading has to go, what is it? <laughs> oh, jumps, they're gone. Why do you think I went to a UCA school? You know how many jumps we did? Zero none it was fantastic but going into the technique of jumps jumps to me they serve a role similar to compulsory routines in gymnastics and for those of you who don't know what that is a compulsory routine is something that every single person competes the same thing and you are judged on that and so literally the point of compulsory routines is technique so going into jumps many ones do jumps junior threes do jumps international level sevens do jumps every single person does it they don't do a different toe touch it's the same thing so having that staple going throughout cheerleading is super important because you can learn that really early on using that good technique rolling your hips you don't have to be flexible either i am built like a two by four and i had decent jumps it's just like decent not good decent we're saying right there at average not not talented not not real talented right, right there at average but it was just because someone took the time to teach me the correct technique. And that's just, I think that's something that you can learn early on and carry throughout. If you learn good jumps, whenever you're eight, your jumps are going to probably be good whenever you're 18. And something else that, I mean, I always coach about is jumps are more than just that one count. You are doing a toe touch or you're doing a pike or you're doing a hurdler. The way you clap, the way you do your approach, where your arms are, where your chest is, if your toes are pointed, if you land with your feet together, all those things happen on different counts other than your jump. 
but the technique of the approach of the landing of all of that makes makes the world difference i don't care if your legs look like you're doing a jumping jack or they look like you are clicking your heels behind your head if you have a crazy approach it's it's not going to go well my my favorite thing to watch and by favorite i mean least favorite um, <laughs> my favorite thing to watch is when people like crank up for jumps, like they clap, bring it up and like swing down as hard as they can. I'm like, Oh yeah. Is that helping? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> and all then your momentum down into the ground <laughs> to go up the opposite direction a second later. Good luck. Landing with your feet together. Oh my God. Like it, the, I think everyone's point is they, like, if you're going to do a toe touch, you're going to snap your legs up as hard as you can. Right. Um, you got to land on something. So they need to come back down. And if you value value your ACLs and MCLs, you might want to do that aggressively too. Bring them down quickly, because yeah. not only does it help. I mean, you can lose easy tent two tenths on on just that keeping your feet apart. If you have a beautiful toe touch that's as high as ever, your arm technique is perfect, but you land with your feet apart, then you're allowing the judges to take a point off or a tenth off, not a point. That'd be aggressive. Did you ever have blood on your shoes from the little bones on the inside of your heels smacking together? No. Oh. What was that? Just me? Yeah, Put your feet I think together, so. Brayden. Come on, you got my feet were together. But together. On your heels, you had shoes. How are no, you like bleeding your, your ankle shoes? bones? The little are you jumping bones. in boots? They were out of my shoes, but they bled down onto my shoe. Your ankle bones were clicking together, like the little bump on the way. You didn't slam your feet together. Okay. Hard. I don't think I'm built that way. <laughs> it's on your ankle. I don't think I'm built that way. Well, uh, I mean. I, Brain I got them together, but I didn't. <laughs> I got them together. I didn't rebound my ankles off of each other. I don't know. Well, <laughs> so going into stunts, moving on from Jake attacking me personally. All right. Going into <laughs> stunts, and, stunts. Uh, this is Braden's territory here. Oh, you know how to do stunts. The only thing in my territory is co ed stunts. Looking at using your legs. Dear God, if you want to muscle through everything in your life, then by all means, lock your legs out. Have fun. Also, if you don't value your lower vertebrae, go ahead, lock those legs out. Use your entire back. But if you do value your life and your back and your health, then why don't you bend those legs and lock your arms out like God intended? It would make it so much easier if you use good technique. So much easier. Now, don't get me wrong. Every now and then, something happens. And you're like, you know what? We're going to power press this. It's going to work. It's going to happen. It ain't going to be pretty, but it's going to happen. But overall, if you use technique, I guarantee it'll be better. Brandon Senior Black, technique out for days. For days. And guess what? Why didn't move. Can do what didn't move. Can do. That's not a coincidence. It's because they use technique. If you do anything in cheerleading, just take a step back. You don't need to be getting 17 new skills a day. If you go to the gym and you don't get any new skills and you perfect a few or even one, that's a successful day in the gym. I mean, anyone can look at the size of their legs and the size of their arms and go, hmm, one's a little bit bigger. I should use that one. And uh, it's your legs. So use them. Um, and that that kind of goes into another point I had with just technique. It doesn't look good and score well. Well, it does. But it's it's also easier. <laughs> It doesn't only look good and score well. Yeah. It's easier. It it saves energy throughout the routine. Like I, I guarantee any cheerleader has heard technique doesn't get tired. And that's you not sure. getting tired because you're using technique. There's Absolutely. there's a you reason for like that. A, 
you ever gone through a routine and like, you know, like I'll give you a perfect example. In 2016, I started my routine with a, uh, a, a co-ed stunt that like fell down and then my side spot threw it up to me. And it was one thing where like if it went super well and the technique was good, it was super easy. But if it didn't, it was very difficult and it was very hard to get under the stunt and use proper technique if it didn't go well. So I remember in those full outs, if you don't use good technique and you have to you have to do those power presses, you have to use your arms, you have to do the technique that you weren't taught, it makes the whole rest of the routine that much harder. Because you started off using your energy. If you if you stunt with your arms locked out and your legs bent, you're using more of your bone strength than you are your muscles because you're just kind of holding it. And you're not like physically fighting against it. It's just letting it like settle into your body and it's a lot easier. Your legs are powerful and they're made for that. Your arms are powerful, yes, but they're not as powerful as your legs. You might as well use those. But going through the routine, so much more difficult. Same thing in college. Throwing those elite stunts in the, in, in the middle of the, of the routine. If I remember if, if my stunts went well, I would get in the cheer. It'd be easy. I'd get in the last part. I'd be a little out of breath, but I was fine. If I had to like, fight for a stunt, oh, I was in that cheer. Like, uh, oh, my, I couldn't breathe. I could not breathe. Absolutely. Unless I had someone on my shoulders. They're just pushing down on my, on my diaphragm. I was like... <gasps> so uh, what advice... Or what would you say to someone right now who's having to go back and fix technique or they just in general have bad technique? What, what would you say? What advice would you give them? It's so much more rewarding to have pretty skills than a lot of skills. I was never the most talented tumbler on a team. Never. Like there was always someone who was better than me. But something I valued a lot was my technique. I tried my best to keep my feet together and my legs together, my um, my toes pointed, things like that. Uh, in my stunts, I tried to make sure I caught everything at the top, had bent legs and all that. Um, it's more rewarding to be that, take that time. It's it's okay if you're one, if, if you learn slower, it's fine. Comparing yourself to others is death. That's athletic death is comparing yourself to others. Athletic I think that... Death. <laughs> I think that if you take yeah athletic death yeah that's also after a full out whenever you have to run to the trash can that's athletic yeah. death too yeah but uh finding that that time and really understanding this is what's actually making me better and like i said earlier if you, if you don't go to the gym you don't get a new skill it's fine just make sure that you're do, doing something better i coach a lot of classes and i all, all these people freak out about how not they don't make it. They don't get a new skill that day. They're like, Oh, I just, I feel like I'm not getting any better. And I tell them every time, if you've made one correction, let's say you doing a tuck and you get your head in, that's one correction. If you make one correction every week, you're going to be fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. I always say learning to do skills just to do the skills is like trying to learn while going uphill, but mm-hmm. learning to do the technique and do it how you're supposed to, you're learning at a slight bit of decline. So as you go, it's going to get easier. You're going to build momentum. You're going to have those things already in place. You're going to get rolling. Trying to go uphill, you're only going to slow down faster. You might be higher in elevation, but not for much longer because it's just going to get harder and harder to get the next thing. Yeah, and it goes along with um, it's a team sport. Cheerleading is a team sport. So whenever you really look at it, like, yes, you want to be the best person you can be. And I understand that. But every instance of you using that tumbling, unless you're doing individuals, is going to be in a team setting. And so you're thinking, what really is going to help my team? Me getting my feet together or me getting a double when I'm on a level three team? 
What's going to help your team the most right now? You, I'm not saying you shouldn't learn a double. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you should progress first. Like you should make sure that everything's perfect uh, and then go into it. Perfect. Perfect. So, uh, I, and I think you can kind of agree with this. This kind of goes in or it makes me think of um, all those people who are about to try out for school cheer. It never fails every year around this time or in the next month or so. All these people hit up coaches trying to get skills for tryouts and they suddenly want a back handspring or they suddenly have to get a back tuck and they're willing to do whatever to do it. What do you So many thoughts. Um, If you have tryouts in March and you start preparing in March, there's an issue. If you have tryouts in March, you start preparing in February. There's an issue. You should give yourself ample time because they're new skills. You may have learned one skill fast, but that doesn't mean you're going to learn every skill fast. If you want to be successful, if you have goals, I think bare minimum, and you might have to disagree with this. I think bare minimum three months for a skill, bare minimum, unless you're like aggressively talented, bare minimum. I was not a fast I'd learner. I'd say three to five. A long time. Dep- three to five, yeah. On what, depending on what you're working on, obviously, if I have a series of back handsprings, a back tuck's probably coming soon. But if I yeah. never really tumbled that much before and I need a back handspring for tryouts, three to five might be pushing it. Well, if you're trying to learn it, if you're trying to learn a tuck and well, okay, here's, here's the real thing. Three to five months, right? Let's break that down. How much of that three to five months are you spending in the gym? Let's say bare minimum you're doing you're 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 going to a class once a week you have one hour okay that's the equivalent of me in three months sitting you in a gym at noon or let's 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 make it a nice family-friendly time 8 a.m you're it's me dropping you off at 8 a.m in a gym saying i'll see you at 8 p.m you better have a tuck that's not realistic and i understand there's more to it than that that's that's an over simplification but that's the amount of time that you're giving yourself. And so unless you're a gym rat and you're there 24 seven, one class a week for three months is not enough. And it's it's just looking at that way. You're like, I've been doing this for three months. No, you've been doing this over a span of three months. And those are two completely different things. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. And when you put it like that, I mean, that's kind of what it is because you have to think even they're doing one hour and they're leaving. So they lose that feeling of how a back handspring should feel like or how a back tuck should feel like for a whole week and then come back. It's going to take them time to get that, oh, this is how it should feel again. And then you're only actually working on it because let's be honest, so much of tumbling is muscle memory. When you're doing a double, you don't think about your round off. You don't think about your back handspring really. Like you are thinking about that double and how you're going to set into it and do whatever. So that's muscle memory. To get the skill, you have to get that muscle memory. And so, I mean, you're really honestly developing that good, positive muscle memory for less than an hour each week. Yeah. And you're also looking at like, okay, yeah. So like that good muscle memory, that warming up, stretching, things like that, that you should do if you don't warm up, you're wrong. Um, those things that you should do. Let's say that takes 20 minutes. Now you're taking a, a third of your time. Now you're looking at eight hours instead of 12. Quick math off the dome. Boom. Um, <laughs> Good job. You're looking at eight hours instead of 12. 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's a work day. That's like going to work and being like, I need to get a tuck right now. That's that's not realistic. It's not realistic at all. And unless you're in the gym all the time, 
I think a minimum of four months or three months. If you're, if you're a fast learner and you're really committed to it, if you're just going to the class and just being present instead of actively doing something, because those are two different things. Showing up to class and going to the gym is not the same as getting better. If you're there, congratulations, you walked in the door. What are you going to do with your time there? And I think too, another point is it's kind of unfair on your coaches. Like I have been presented with countless people who are like, Hey, my daughter's trying out for cheer in four weeks and she needs to get a back handspring. She's been working on it hard and then go and do the private. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And not only that pressure, but like, I, I want to be the best I can for you, but I also want to keep you safe. So if I don't think you safely can do the back handspring without the barrel mat or whichever mat like there's things i see you need to work on i'm not gonna let you do it by yourself and you gotta think too they're trying out on dead floor so it's not only like you have to have it you have to be able to do it wherever and if you can't well that kind of is on me but two if you do and you hurt yourself well then i taught you a really bad back handspring that's not helping you whatsoever yeah i mean there's plenty of people who i've coached who had the skill like they could do it but like it was one of those like they did it and you're like oh it made you nervous every time and like when that happens like as a coach i'm like i'm I'm spotting you on the next one and they're like oh no i can do it by myself i'm like no i I realize that i understand you can i recognize the fact that you have the skill but you don't have it at the standard i want you to have it to where i feel like you're safe enough that you could do it when i turn around and that's like that's that i mean that it kind of it's a shot to their ego, which I understand. Like you just got it and you want to work it and having a coach be like, let's take a step back. You're like, no, I want to do it. I get that. But that's long-term, which is what we've been ta- yeah. long-term, which is what we've been talking about. That's what's best for you. And I mean, I'm even, I would say personally as a coach, I am focused the technique to a point where like, if you're training with me, you're probably going to go a little slower. Like, especially my cheerleaders now we haven't really worked on baskets. Why? Because everyone can't hold an extension above their head five times in a row. Why would I trust you to throw somebody above your head where you're not in contact with them? You're not touching them. You're literally releasing them and then catching them again. If you can't hold somebody consistently and correctly above your head like that, like you're not going to end up throwing them above your head because you're not used to supporting that weight up there. (laughs) Shoulder toss. <laughs> it, yeah, and I've I've seen it before, and then it's scary. I don't have as much time to save you. Your arms are here, looking like a T Rex trying to now catch somebody instead of fully <laughs> extended. Like, just there's that safety issue there. So, I mean, I know I am a little more cautious when it comes to technique, but I would rather you do it right and never do it wrong, and you be safe, you be healthy, and be able to do it ten times out of ten. Then, oh yeah, let's go do a back tuck, and your back handsprings get crazy and who knows what absolutely absolutely so jake i know you were talking about earlier how um with majors and everything and having these competitions being done in their in their gyms and being virtual um let's talk covid yeah. all right so let's what COVID. what does I, i'm intrigued because i'm i mean you've been doing um covering competitions this season so far but i have really not been in the all-star world so what do competitions look like or what are the plans kind of and the thinking going ahead as we get into national season? Well, I, I, what I've seen and what I've been doing with the spirit championship is kind of a thing of integrated live streaming into competitions. And that's a combination of people 
in in house and doing a competition on the floor, wearing masks, of course, and having that social distancing, going through the convention center, having one team in the warm up room. It's a lot slower of a process, but doing what you need to do to make sure that these events can happen for these kids is, is, is very important because this is what their passion and this is something they want to do and they need an outlet. And the other option is going from your gym, like the majors was doing with Willens Lee, with CA, with other gyms competing with a live stream and having judges watch that live stream and judge you from, from a different area. And looking forward, I see a lot more of things just being purely live stream. And in my opinion, if it's, if it's live, it's okay. That's my opinion. If it's live and you get that one shot, it's fine. But I did see a few competitions that were like, oh, just send us a video. And at that point, you're just like, how good of a video can we get? And then your team's going full out 98 times trying to get a perfect video. And you're just, I don't know. I don't think that's the way competing should be. I agree. And I've wondered about that too, especially with COVID and everything. Like, Because way back in the day, you had to record your routine and send it into Worlds beforehand. And those were the worst practices because you just kept going full out after full out after full out until one was good enough to send to them. And so I think if that's how competitions are going to be, I mean, it's making practices awful. It I know it doesn't sit well with me. Those aren't good memories of those practices. Yeah. Um, and looking forward, I think, I mean... This is my personal opinion, and this is just a projection. It has zero basis. It's just how I think it's going to go. I don't think we're going to be seeing anything that looks like a normal competition or even a real normal competition for another. I don't even think this season, maybe. Like, yes, you're going to have competitions. You're going to have that. But, like, the numbers are down. Um, the warm-ups are different. And if you're looking at scales the size of – of NCA, of cheer sport, of worlds, those, I don't think those are going to, those are going to be very different this year. And Varsity <laughs> works hard. NCA is one of the biggest events that happens at that convention center every year. Like they're the only one that uses every single hall. And I mean, anyone who's been to NCA knows getting down that main hall to any sort of place, uh, it's, it's going to take you 10 extra minutes because one, you might see someone, you know, or two, it just takes that long to get through the crowd. And so doing yeah, that, dude, with COVID, I mean, like that's not like a nightmare. Walking from the, the like meeting room to warm ups, I feel like I need like hiking boots, electrolytes, a protein bar, like it's, for a it's quick a nap. hike, bro. Yeah. It's, it's crazy going that far. And just, I mean, with that many people, I mean, there's tens of thousands of people go there. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that breaks guidelines. So yeah, just I don't a think little bit. I don't like, think it's going to be normal. A few yeah. People? yeah, yeah. Well, so remaining I, six I'm feet with ten thousand people. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested too. That's going to be a 17 mile long competition. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can't really spread out anymore. Like they already use every single hall. So, I mean, um, I, and I'm strictly just talking NCA. I've I've yeah. have never been to cheer sport. That's the one nationals I've never been to never competed at anything like that. Um, but I mean, maybe, I know even maybe. world getting into that one arena, one arena in one space where they now have the cheerleading stuff. Like you have four floors almost on top of each other. People have to wait outside already to get in. Like how, how are you going to manage these crowds for worlds? And then a week later summit or D one summit 
a week later D2 Summit. Like you have millions of people going through Disney World that week. Like it, I, I'm very interested to see how it goes, honestly. Are we going to see the return of the baseball field at Worlds? Is that going to happen? Outside seating? Who knows? You talking about the slip and slide that wrapped around the cheer floor that year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Competing at in the middle of the night? Yeah. Yeah. Plot we later on than in soccer ball fields. Yeah. But I don't know. I think I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm yeah, interested. It'll be it'll be great to see, but like I'm glad they're giving everyone a chance to still compete, try and maintain some sort sense of normalcy. I mean, for these gyms, they are businesses, um, and for these athletes who do look up to just just having that to do something with. But um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Braden, you got anything else? No, that's it. Thank you all for uh, tuning in. Uh, we are hoping to have some guests very soon, maybe within the next few weeks. So be ready for that. That's going to be super fun having our first interview. And uh, it's we, we got great things coming. Um, let us know if there's anything that you want to see uh, or listen to. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. But uh, we look forward to future episodes. And thank you for listening. This was Matt Talk with Jake and Braden. Yeah.